Welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we make sure you know there's more going on than you can see or hear. If this podcast episode helps you, would you consider leaving us a review on the app or platform you're using to listen? We appreciate it. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. And now, your host, Larry Ragland. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Big Picture. I'm your host, Larry Ragland, and today we're going to tackle a topic that everybody has in common, but nobody wants to talk about. We're going to talk about the subject of sin right after this. Oh, yeah, so here we go. Let's get right into this right here because this is going to be a good one. We're going to talk about the topic of sin the one thing we all have in common, but nobody wants to talk about. It's the main issue in the world, y'all. It's it's what's driving everything in our culture now is sin. It's it's it's, it's not just driving our culture, but it's driving um, even the church uh, in so many ways. So it's just compromise. There's just all the social issues that's going on. Every time you turn around, the subject of sin is coming up. So that's why we call it the big picture, because we're going to look at everything. We're, there's nothing that we're not scared to talk about. The church don't ever talk about that subject. But, you know, that's the reason Jesus came. I mean, that's the reason our Savior came, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for our sins. Okay, so he that knew no sin became sin so that we might be saved. So here's the reality. You know, it's time for the preachers. It's time for the children of God to to step up and talk about the topic of sin. Now, what does sin mean? Sin, the definition of sin, that's the running definition that's been around for a while, is missing the mark. You know, it's it's a it's an archery term. Like, you know, there's a target there and you're pulling back the arrow and it keeps missing the mark. So, you know, the Bible tells us, quite frankly, that we're all uh we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So so it is in our nature to miss the mark. Uh, we see that even in the Garden of Eden. We know the story of Adam and Eve, and it was as perfect as it could possibly be. I mean, our God walked with, with man in the cool of the day, gave him everything, planted a garden himself, and then put man right in the garden and said, you know, you can eat of any tree, but you cannot eat of that tree because if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. But let me tell you, just like today, it is it is in human nature, it is in the flesh to try to want and achieve the very thing that, that we know, we've been told by the one that made us, the creator, is the most damaging thing to us. And it says, the day that you eat of this tree, you will surely die, die. Say that with me, die. Let me tell you, in, in the natural, we understand what that means. That means it's a point in a man wants to die and after the judgment. One day our heart's going to stop beating. One day, you know, we're all going to die. I mean, you know, the old saying is there's two sure things in life. There's death and taxes, uh, you know, but even more sure than taxes because some people can avoid taxes uh, through loopholes, but you can't avoid death uh, through a loophole. If the Lord tears his return, every single one of us is going the same way. We're going by way of the grave. And, and it is at that point that eternity begins that we're going to really want to have known that we dealt with the subject of sin. So let me, before we go any further, if you hadn't already hit the subscribe button, hit it. You know, you see that little thing up there. It's reminding you the whole time. Uh, hit the subscribe button, and you see the cute little bell there. There's a bell right next to it. 
enable, click that bell and enable all notifications and you'll get notified anytime we go live. Let's get back into this. So, so we know that Eve missed the mark. But you know what people don't really talk about? Talk about the fact that Adam was standing right there, basically waiting to see if she was going to die. Because we know that. Because the Bible says when she finally ate of the fruit, she turned and gave it to her husband. I mean, we, we want to blame the woman, but but at least she had the guts to speak up. The man was sitting back here waiting to see, okay, let's just test this. See if she dies. If she don't die, I'm going to eat it. Uh, but if she dies, I'm going I'm to tell the Lord that I did the right thing. Uh, but the reality is he had, he had missed the mark just like her because they were entertaining the voice of the serpent, entertaining the voice of Satan. And, and that's really what we get down to. Most people are pulled into sin. They're enticed. James talks about it, about being enticed and being uh, pulled away by our temptation. That's the way the enemy works. Listen, listen to this. The Bible clearly tells us in Romans 10, 13, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that is, that's exciting to me. That's exciting to me that, that we've been given an opportunity to overcome sin. But now, now how can we do that? Cause we're talking about voices here. How can we call on a God to forgive us of this issue that we're talking about sin? What's what Paul says? He says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a, what is it? Without a preacher. Without a preacher, y'all. Where's the preachers? Where's the pre? That was, that was, that was laughter, wasn't it? I thought I was doing, trying to do a clap. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> that was laughter. I hit the wrong one. That's the one I wanted right there. I guess, I guess the Holy Spirit made me hit the laughter because when you talk about the condition of many preachers, that's what you get. They're trying to, uh, yeah, yeah, shut up. They're trying to uh, appease. They're trying to appease the voices, and that's what happened. When you entertain the voices, just like what Adam and Eve did, you forget that those voices are what pulls you away. And look what Paul is saying there on the screen there. It says, how shall they hear without a preacher, and how shall they preach unless they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of great joy. Can I tell you something right now? The reality is this. The reality is this. Sin is everywhere. Sin is at the core. Now watch this. I want to show you something about sin. Sin, the Bible says in the book of James, when, he's talking about, when I was talking about earlier about us being enticed and drawn away by our own lust and everything, it says that sin will conceive. The book of James says sin will conceive in the womb of man, which is the spirit of man. And when you give uh, the conception to that sin, the Bible says that that sin will bring forth death because we know that the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Would you look around the condition of our world? We have tried, we, we talk about the power of words, we talk about the power of voices. What's what we've tried to do, because the power of life and death is in our tongue. Look, look how we've used our language to redefine the subject that we all have in common, but nobody wants to talk about, and that's sin. So we don't want to talk about the sin of particular lifestyles, choices that God's word has specifically said was sin. We now have moved over into what's known as sexual preference. 
uh, now that has, uh, I started to say evolved, but probably devolved into the subject of, uh, you know, you believe that you were assigned the wrong gender at birth. And I, and I want to make you squirm a little bit here, but here's the truth. Uh, that many, many that are accused of pedophilia, pedophiles, have said the same thing, what I'm about to say, uh, and that is that they were born that way. People will say, I am, I have chosen this lifestyle, this sexual preference, uh, because I was born this way. There's nothing I can do about it. I was born this way. Uh, now it's, it's, you know, it's to a, a new, whole level of influence that I would have never dreamed that they, that this, this group would have. And that is the group of people who, uh, say that, you know, even though, the DNA and the biology and the chromosomes say that you were born a boy. Uh, you know, you were born in the wrong body. So you were born as a boy, but you were really a girl. And, you know, it's just, it's just confusing. It's confusing to, to kids. It's confusing to our culture. And as I said, now a lot of, a lot of people that are accused of, of being pedophiles, sexually abusing children, when they go before the court, do you understand what they're saying now? They are jumping on the same bandwagon and saying, how can I do anything about this? Even though I want to change it, I can't change it. I was born that way. Now, now, look, I'm not trying to say that everyone that is in the gay lifestyle is is uh, is attracted to children. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it has become the convenient thing to do to not say, okay, I was this is a sin. You just say I was born this way. Do you understand that some some people even who are serial killers, serial murderers have said that they were born that way, that they were, they were born. They, even as a child, they, they realized they couldn't help themselves. They had to hurt and injure animals. They had to, uh, they wanted to kill. And so now, now their defense is, you know, I'm sorry. I was born with this desire inside of me to take the life of another. And, and you know, that's just not right. That is not, uh, that is not biologically correct. And that is not, um, that is not scripturally correct. But I'll tell you what is correct is that you know, if you really want to talk about being born a certain way, uh, you are all, we are all born a certain way. Now, now, if you understand the word of God tells us that uh, what his uh, idea of a marriage is, what his idea of a relationship with, the Bible says the, the bed of the married, which of course is very clear in scripture that married is a man and a woman, uh, is undefiled. So that is the blessing that God puts on sex within a husband and a wife, a male and a female that's been married before before God. So because of that, um, excuse me on, on that right there. Let me, let me turn those notifications off. Uh, so because of that, we understand that God has made it very, very clear that uh, this is his choice. Anything outside of that sexually is a sin. And then underneath that umbrella of sin is the things that we've talked about. Uh, sexual preference, uh, uh, gender dysphoria, um, you know, and you take it to the next level of pedophilia, uh, all these different things. And then you take it to, the, to you know, uh, lying, um, th theft, um, 
dishonoring your parents. All these things are in Scripture. Uh, these are very clear to be missing the mark. So therefore, they are sin. So people have people have debated with me and said, "Well, you, I, how can you tell me that I can change because I was born this way?" Well, the reality is this: if you want to get technical, you were born that way. You were born with a propensity to sin, and if you don't understand that these things are sin, you don't think that you, you, you're missing the mark. There again, no pun intended. In the in the reality is that uh, you were the 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 covering that birthed these choices, the covering that birthed these things that that we are now proclaiming uh, are things that we were born as, we there is a little truth in this in the sense that you were not born in the wrong body. You were not born the wrong gender because God did not did not make that mistake. The reality is this you were born into sin. And and sin, the sin nature of man will birth uh, sexual desires that are not correct. They, it will birth lying spirits. It will birth um, uh, 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 just a, a propensity to be evil continually. We see that throughout Scripture. So you are born into sin. There's no doubt that you're born into sin. Now, I've already showed you the Scripture, but I'm going to tell you again. But whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, spoiler alert. Jesus Christ knew this, and he, if you hadn't read the Bible, he that knew no sin became sin. He lived a sinless life. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He's the only person that's ever lived a completely sinless life. And he had to because, uh, you remember John the Baptist, if you don't know the story, John the Baptist was his cousin, and when John the Baptist saw him coming down into the River Jordan to baptize him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world who takes away the sin of the world he did not come to correct mistakes he did not come to have a path one of many paths to god he did not come so that you could uh join a religion he did not come so that you could join a local church he came so that you would have access to deal with this i can never do it right where's it at this subject right here. Nope, this subject right here. Camera's backwards. Sin. It is to deal with sin. And, and here's how you deal with it. you got to call upon the name of the Lord, and you have to believe that he became sin for you so that your sin could be taken away. How awesome is that? That is incredible when you think about that, that the Savior of the world, the Bible said in the, John chapter 1, Verse 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on to say in John 1 that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He did that for one reason, to deal with the, with the sin of mankind. In fact, he was coming as a fulfillment of the prophecy that was spoken in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, when man fell, missed the mark, sin, and sin crept in. Remember, it says, if you eat of this, you will surely die. Well, obviously, they thought that meant that they would just kill over and die. But when they ate of the fruit, the Bible said they didn't just kill over and die. In fact, they lived for a very long time after that, several hundred years after that. But they did eventually die. Sin did bring in the decaying of the flesh. But the reality is this. The Bible said something did immediately happen the moment that they ate of that fruit. And when they ate of that fruit... The Bible said they both, watch this, knew they were naked and they were ashamed. 
Now, they knew they were naked and they were ashamed. What did that mean? I'm going to get deep on you. I believe that the that the twisting of sexual desire that God created between a man and a woman, because you remember it was in the garden that he said when, when, when he brought Eve, he fashioned Eve from the rib of Adam and he brought her to, to Adam. The Bible said that's when he proclaims the very thing that we still say at weddings, that preachers still say at weddings. Uh, if a man going to get married, the Bible said he will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So we see, even at that point, the, the, the declaration of the blessing of the union of a man and a woman in marriage and coming together. We know how our anatomies are designed, that the two shall become one. And, of course, within that anatomy and the way it's designed, there is the procreation. The command came from, from God to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and cover the face of the earth with your offspring. So we see the blessing of the family. There was no shame. There, there, there was no shame in their bodies. There was no shame of them being together. They were designed to be together. They were designed to be together sexually. They were designed to not look at each other's body the wrong way. They were designed to look. They weren't designed to look at their own bodies the wrong way. They were covered in the glory of God. They had the blessings and the favor of the God they, of God. They were not missing the mark. They were in the center of God's will. But when they allowed the voices of the enemy to get into their head and twist it. Watch how very subtle he was. He says to Eve, what did God say about this tree? Now watch how tricky the devil is. He, Eve replied, he said we could eat of any tree in the garden, but of this tree, listen to what she said, this is in your Bible, that we could not eat it nor even touch it. Well, God, that was that was all the devil needed. He needed just a little bit of twist of, of what he knew God said. God never said they couldn't touch it. He just said they couldn't eat from it. Uh, in fact, it's, it's implied that they, they were supposed to touch it because they were supposed to till it, take, till the garden, tend the garden, uh, trim the trees, but they had to self-discipline themselves to understand that, that that was not a tree that belonged to them. That was out of order. It was missing the mark. And so when they allowed the enemy to convince them, this, this is what he said. Uh, he goes on to say, and he said that if we ate of this tree, we would surely die. Now, now watch what the enemy did. When he realized that she had added to the word of God, she had missed the mark of the word of God. She had added and twisted herself. He comes back and says, I got an open door. And he goes, let me tell you what he really meant. He really meant that he, he didn't want to tell you the full story. I know the full story. The full story is he didn't want you to eat of this because the day that you ate Eight of this, you would be like him. You would be like him. Now, listen, you you would understand all things like him, and he's intimidated. He don't want anybody to be like him. Let me tell you what that meant. You think about you think about the subject of sin. It was man's first time to allow the voice of the enemy to convince them that it was their right to do what they wanted to do with their body, with their mind, and with their life, and that they did not have to do what God said, that you know they were the Lord of the garden, and it was their body, what's this, their choice, their body, their choice, they had the right to satisfy their fleshly desires. And when they did, 
They immediately knew they were naked and they were shamed. And what happened? They tried to cover themselves. They tried to sew fig leaves together to cover themselves. Of course, God comes down in the garden. Uh, they're hiding. That's what sin will do. Sin is pleasurable for a season. But I'm going to tell you, it always ends in death. When, when sin is conceived, it brings forth death. Look at the condition of this country. This condition of this country is absolutely obsessed with sin. I mean, you can't even, you can't watch a commercial. You can't, you can't listen to a song. You can't watch a movie. You can't watch a TV show. With now, we are, all, we are programmed uh, to just sort of accept the big ones and, uh, I mean, accept the, the little sins and, and maybe be concerned about the big ones. We've just accepted sin. And, and we've allowed sin to be conceived into this country, into the core of this country, to where people are screaming in, in front of a camera, unashamedly. Uh, that I mean, I've seen videos of people screaming, I love to kill babies. I love to kill babies. I mean, you, you think, well, that's just ridiculous. That's just a, it's just a minor number of people. Well, you know, that might be true. But the reality is this. They're surrounded by people uh, that might not be screaming that on the video, but nobody's trying to stop them. Nobody's trying to stop them because, you know, the reality is this. Ultimately, they're trying to protect the sin. I mean, the whole, the whole entire abortion issue, you know, all you ever hear about is, is the, you know, in, you know, what is your state going to do now, now that Roe v. Wade's overturned? Are you going to, you know, have a heartbeat law? Are you going to have a certain amount of weeks? Are you going to have life of the mother, or rape, incest, uh, all these things that are there? Well, I've com- of course, we, when we talk about rape and incest, this is a, it's a whole different, just sort of set that over, that's a different discussion. But. For a lot of people, I'm just, y'all ain't going to know how to handle this, but I'm, somebody's got to say it. For a lot of people, that's what they use to for their argument. But what they're really talking about, most abortions, do you understand 95% of abortions are not for any other reason than what we would call convenience? Uh, you know, they don't have the money to do it. They don't, you know, they don't feel like they can afford it right now. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. They, they don't want to mess up their career. Uh, they, you know, there, maybe there's not a relationship with, with the, with the father. Um, you know, they just, it's out of convenience. I'm sorry, but that's the numbers. That's the actual stats stats. The worst I've seen, uh, is 90%, but it's usually closer to 95%. But the reality is this, the one subject that nobody's talking about is, this is a result of sex. Now, as I said, this is, you know, you have the cases of rape and incest that is, is not by choice. Uh, but you got 95% that are dealing with a decision, a mistake. It's a very difficult thing. It's one of the most heart-wrenching things that any woman could go through. But you backtrack all the way back. It's a decision to have sex Some of it's within marriage. Sometimes married people have divorce. I mean, have abortions. I understand that. But a lot of times, for a lot of people, it's being used as birth control. And you see it manifesting when, when the opportunity for this to be taken away, they're, going, they're just going crazy, some of them. But what are they really protesting? They're not really protesting the right to kill a baby. They're protesting the right to have free, unfettered, no consequences, sexual conduct in a sinful matter. Many times, not all the time, but many times, 
outside missing the mark. So they won't. Now we've got a culture that if you don't condone that, if you don't make a way for them to do that, then you don't have compassion. How did we get to the point where our compassion in the church has to enable people and make them feel good about sin? I'm sorry, that's not what I've been called to do. and That's not when you, what you've been called to do. The remnant that is rising is a loving remnant. It is not a judgmental remnant. And some of you may think I'm judgmental about some things I've said. No, it's a loving thing for me to point out the fact that if you're missing the mark, you need to be shown that and told that. Because I promise you this, when you stand before God and you give an account for the life that you lived and the decisions and the choices that you made and the sin that you condoned, I mean, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a lot of people going to stand before God and they're, and they're going to realize that they, they're being cast into a place called hell. And they're going, to be, they're going to look over and see some people that they knew were believers. And they're going to wonder, why did you not tell me? Why did you not tell me? Listen, you got family members right now that, that for the sake of peace in the family, you know, I'm not talking about being judgmental. I'm not talking about preaching. I'm not talking about disowning people. I'm not talking about excommunicating people. That is not the love of God. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about when the door opens, when they ask a question, hey, how do you feel about this? In a loving way, you got to say, well, I mean, um, since you open the door, here, here's how I feel about it. Here's how I feel about it. Here's how the word of God states how it feels about it. Because the reality is this, it don't really matter what we feel about it. It's what God says about it. For the wages of sin is death. For we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, you can't earn your way to heaven. You can be a good person and still be living in sin without repentance to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. There is no forgiveness. The good thing is whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Listen, if you're in sin right now, right now, If you've allowed yourself to condone the subject of sin in your life, understand that right now is the time to deal with that sin. You can't hide it. You can't sow a fig leaf. You can't cover it up. You know what you can do? You can say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and came back from the dead. So I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm not perfect, not saying I won't sin anymore, but Jesus, I commit to you to, with every fiber of my being to live a life of holiness, to live a life that fights against my sin nature and will stand firm for the word of God and for the remnant. See, we got the answer to the sin problem. His name is Jesus. All right. If you need prayer because you're dealing with something that you know is sin, you ain't got to say what it is. Just comment below and let us know that you need prayer, and we'll pray for you. If you prayed that a rededication prayer or a born-again salvation prayer, let us know that so we can celebrate with you. I'm not scared to, to tackle, tackle any subject. That's what this program is all about. If you had not hit that subscribe button down below, go ahead and hit it. Enable those notifications and share this broadcast. 
Let's build the big picture. We're going to do it lovingly, but we're going to do it with truth. I'll see you next time. We've got some exciting, exciting broadcasts coming up. Some amazing guests that are coming up. Go to LarryRaglin.tv for my podcast and website as well. See you next time on The Big Picture, where we believe we have the answer to the sin problem. His name is Jesus. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Big Picture Podcast. We hope it helped you, encouraged you, and empowered you. Please consider leaving us a review on your app of choice and share with family and friends. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake.